Alrighty, and we are back again today, ladies and gentlemen, with Get the Ball Rolling. Uh, excited to talk to you guys uh, uh, again today. It's been a while since I've been able to jump on and do a podcast, uh, mainly because, uh, you know, I've been taking some time, enjoying the summer months, uh, spending time with my wife and family uh, the best we can during this pandemic, right? Uh, just just relaxing and stuff like that. I decided to wait a little bit um, to do this podcast. I, I mean, I feel very strongly about certain things uh, that we're going to get into in this podcast today. However, uh, we you know we we need to talk uh, about those things, and I was kind of waiting to see uh, you know kind of how all this stuff played out. I guess is is the biggest thing. Uh, there has been so many changes in college football the last, I mean, two weeks. I mean, it honestly feels like we're in March. I, I had asked my wife the other night, I said, you know what, where, where when are we? Oh, oh yeah, it's March. It's not August. Are you kidding me? Anyway, um, you know, we've just been, uh, just, you know, cancellation after cancellation. And quite frankly, it's kind of sucked. Uh, you know, not only for for the media, uh, but for the fans as well. I mean, we want to watch football. Football's our passion, and uh, you know, for the m- most part, we're not going to get a lot of football. Or in the football we get this fall, uh, is going to be a little bit different than uh, you know what uh, what we're used to. So we're going to kind of get into that. Uh, you know, I look around, I see all these people. You know, obviously upset. Uh, they want to have a football season. Uh, you see Justin Fields speaking out and and uh, other players like that saying, come on, Big Ten, please just let us play. Uh, and honestly, it's really, really hard uh, to say one way or another for me. And you're going to say, well, why why would it be hard, you know? Uh, you know, be decisive, Tyler. And I think that there are a few things that we need to explore, a few of these avenues, uh, in order to fully comprehend the situation at hand. Now, the NCAA came out and said that the reason why this was shut down and stuff like that was that uh, COVID-19 has been related to a certain uh, type of heart failure, failure, right? And for those of you uh, new to the show, if this is your first episode or just a few episodes, you know, we like talking football here. Uh, I don't necessarily want to get off into the weeds uh, and talk about things that aren't football because that's not who I am. And I'm all football all the time. Anyway, so I wanted to talk. Uh, so so we're talking, right, and uh, about football. But, you know, COVID-19 obviously is kind of a big issue right now. And so we got to talk about it, sadly. I'm tired of talking about it, but it's still here, so we got to deal with it. Anyway, so uh, they say this, you know, this it's related to this heart disease. And, which, I mean, it, it, it is. I mean, the science science is saying so. And they say, well, you know what, we're going to go take a risk. We want to play. And I don't think it's that simple. Uh, the universities are worried. Again, one death would be a tragedy uh, if somebody passed away due to COVID-19 because they got it, you know, at uh, the athletic facility or, you know, and it's hard to say exactly where it came from. It could be a roommate, uh, you know, maybe someone hadn't gotten tested yet and they had it. They go to class, even though you should be wearing your mask in class. I'm pretty sure that's kind of like a mandatory thing now uh, in colleges, but it's just so hard for me uh to you know to say you know let's go full blow let's go have uh full on 
we're hitting, we're we're slinging it, we're winning games. I mean, it would just be so different. Uh, you know, as far as the bubble scenarios go, they say, well, we could have set up a bubble scenario. Uh, it would have been really, really difficult. I mean, if you're online, I guess you technically could. Uh, it would have been really hard to do that for NCAA. And I think it's kind of exposing some of these uh, flaws and stuff like that. Uh, you know, these guys are amateur uh, athletes. And despite being adults, uh, you know, most of them, uh, the age of 18, some of them come up from high school, but 18 or older, you know, they can they can do you know, pretty much everything that adults can do. I mean, until you're 21, right? 21, and even some of them are 21. It's like, okay, uh, they, I mean, the majority of them are going to be safe, and they just want to play, and I feel like we're kind of uh, almost handcuffing them, telling them, no, they can't play. Uh, again, there's a lot of risk, and people are talking about waivers and stuff like that, but you got to understand, as a, as a collegiate athlete, those football players, they sign stuff saying that the university will protect them, and so then it becomes a liability. And I don't even think it's so much a liability as far as uh, lawsuits and stuff like go, but there's just so much unknown with the sport of football, so much, you know, travel and stuff like that that, that those, you know, kids could be ex uh, exposed to. Now, the, the protocols that they have right now are in place, and I think it would be, uh, you know, apropos to have a dry run uh if if you will you know the sec is going to take a shot on it the big 12 is going to take a shot on the acc and we're going to see how they go now in november uh you know after we see the sec if they're able to handle it uh with you know either no fans or limited fans in the seating uh i think it would be it would be smart for the pac-12 to kind of jump in on that uh, in november or december uh you know they continue to talk about well you know the championship if it's going to be between three of them are we going to get the real champion because we have you know the likes of ohio state not being allowed to play and you know I just think hold your horses, right? Uh, you know, I think Clemson would still want to play a football game. And, uh, you know, if the Big Ten got fired up around November, they could have, you know, eight games done by the time the other guys have their season done. And they we could have a square off. Don't uh, rule out any possibility just because it's one way. It's not one way or anything. We can change things. Uh, that's one of the biggest things that I've learned through this pandemic is that, you know, we're, we're okay. We can change uh you know, things up. Number one, the scheduling. Uh, you know, these are kind of the pros and cons of, of COVID-19. You know, UTEP today, just today, UTEP was able to get two uh, new teams to play. I believe it was Stephen F. Austin and Abilene Christian. FCS fans, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but UTEP was able to sign them as non-conference games. So why on earth are we scheduling these games in 2030 when we don't even have a 2020 schedule, right? You know, even before COVID, you know, and, and the years past, they continue to, to mark, well, Alabama's going to play Ohio State in 2027. Well, who cares what's happening in 2027? I want to see Ohio State play Alabama next year. So I think that's one of the things we really got to consider. And I have said this all along. We need to have a little bit, not not so much uh, un uniformity in scheduling, because Pac-12, if you really want to play nine conference games and that's your MO, then go and play nine conference games. But odds are you're probably going to lose because you don't have that extra, you know, Panera Bread or, or uh, you know, Domino's Pizza Delivery Driver team that you can just go in and smash 
smash and beat 72 to nothing. Uh, you know, I do. I don't think that you should be allowed to play all these cupcake teams uh, like Alabama does. They, you know, they play like one hard team uh, at a neutral site, and then they decide to play, you know, the Citadel, and then they play, uh, like I said, the Domino's delivery driver team, and then they might throw in like Rice, uh, and Rice has won three games in the last three years, or, you know, stuff like that. I don't know if that's current. Sorry, Rice fans, but, uh, you know, just trying to make a point. Honestly, we learned from it, so why can't we do that? Uh, I understand you got to have scheduling. People got to know what you know, season ticket holders and stuff. But let's not be uh, strapped uh, and handcuffed by tradition. This, uh, I believe, in on our XFL podcast uh, when we were following them, we really loved the XFL on the show, but. I introduced an idea. Uh, it was from Anthony Grove, I believe is his name. He wrote a book, and it was called... Oh, jeez, I can't even remember the book's title. But, uh, oh, Be Paranoid. That's that's what it was called. Sorry, my brother just, just uh, you know, held the book up. Be Paranoid. That was the, the title of this book. And in the book, it talks about, you know, Anthony Grove was the CEO of Intel. And he was introduced to a 10x multiplier. Uh, that being the internet is what it's called. A force that is so big, it will change the industry 10 times. Now, I believe right now, you know, COVID-19 is that 10x multiplier if not a 20 30 40 100 x it's changed everything in a very dramatic way at least for a couple years so we can either uh you know kind of make it through it grunge through this uh you know moan and complain and groan all the way uh until the end get a vaccine and say all right well i hope things go back to normal but things are not going to go back to normal. Uh, you know, I believe there will be certain restrictions and stuff like that, but we have now had this in our lives. We've dealt with it. For me, I've had family members that have contracted COVID-19, uh, you know, think uh, what you believe in, that they were not able to, they, they, they didn't pass away, they were able to get through it. But, you know, it was, they, they did get it, and it was a scary moment uh, for me and for my family. Uh, again, I'm glad that they're still here, and I'm able to talk to them and speak with them, but I talked to them about their experience and you know they said it's a real thing be careful and you know wear a mask wash your hands that's what that was their advice to me anyway uh we're not going to go back to the way things were so let's take the best you know i i read a lot of business books and i'm in a business class and they say you know you got to make the best uh out of the worst situations uh you look at the 2008 uh financial crisis and you know Companies like Airbnb and Uber were born in absolute and utter crisis. Uh, we've seen a lot of other companies starting to boom during this time. For example, uh, the stock Lovesack, they're up uh, on, like I'm talking like a thousand percent. I don't know if it's that much, but their their stock price was like four dollars before the pandemic. Right now they're at thirty four dollars because people are at home more. They make uh, couches and love sacks, uh, you know, big bean bag chairs and stuff like that. People are spending more time. They're spending more money uh, there. So it is a pandemic proof system. Well, why can we not pandemic proof this uh, system of college football? Now, I've heard a lot of people and there's been a lot of discussion about having a president, which I think would be. I don't think it would be a bad thing. Uh, I'm more for having a president than against. I think, obviously, right now, uh, you know, poor uh, Mark Emmerich of the NCAA, he's, like, speaking for all the sports, and it's like, you know, as a as, as a soccer player, you're going to have totally different and unique challenges than that of a football player. And a women's tennis player is going to have more, di you know, different challenges than a, you know, a men's water polo player. Each individual sport has its, you know, unique circumstances and stuff like that. So, uh 
I think we got to learn from this and have, you know, I, I think a president would be the next logical step. Um, and l anyway, to get back to that multiplier is just everything's changing, I guess, to, to bring it back in. So when we look at these changes, well, there has, you know, we see chaos. There's no leadership there to, you know, one conference is doing one thing, the other conference is doing another thing, and yada, yada, yada. Well, there's no uniformity uh, in those decisions, I guess. Uh, you know, the Big 12 doing one thing, the SEC doing doing one thing, the Pac-12 doing another thing. So I think we need to have a little bit more uniformity uh, as far as the Power 5 conference goes and as far as the Group of 5 conference goes as well. Now, the next thing that we learned uh, outside of, you know, being able to, uh, you know, scheduling, uh, being able to schedule on the fly and create an entire season out of thin air, I think we need to take that into account. And I think there's going to be more things as we, we as we go along, uh, you know, things like name likeness and image and uh, other, you know, really, you know, earnest debates right now that we can get into that would potentially uh, make the the players have to play during this time. Not make, but if you're getting paid. For for school and you're getting that money, you're having that income, then you really should play. You have the ability to opt out, but you know, if you have that paycheck, that way it's more of your boss and stuff like that. And, and I don't really want to get into that. I know that is a really uh, sensitive matter with a lot of people. And I'm just going to kind of wait to play out, you know, to see what the, the Supreme Court and stuff like that rules uh, in favor or against, you know, name likeness and, and image. And then we will uh, discuss that ruling. There's no point right now of, of talking about it because it would be a mute point because there's no decision yet uh, but as far as you know canceling the season uh, a couple of conferences cancel we are talking about that so most of these things, you know, most of these ideas, uh, like I said, Uber, uh, Airbnb, they're born out of crisis. Uh, you know, 2008, uh, you know, financial crisis. What is going to be uh, the college football equivalent of an Uber or an Airbnb in, you know, 2020? What is it going to be? And uh, like I said, I think a lot of things are going to change. I think the way we practice, hopefully the way we set up our universities as far as housing goes and uh, as far as, you know, keeping everybody safe. The, the coronavirus will go away. Let's just get that out there in the open. We will not be dealing with this, I think, in five years from now. I think we'll look back in 2025. Man, 2020 was nuts. Uh, but I don't. we're not going to be dealing with this pandemic uh, moving forward. Uh, I, I mean, after we get the vaccine and everyone gets it and, you know, we can return back. But let's figure out these things and let's make them better as far as our lives as well. You know, a lot of people are grateful that they're able to spend time with their families during this time. I know that my relationship with my wife has increased in this time. I love her to death. And I realize, like, man, uh, I'm glad, you know, you're. I'm stuck with you during, you know, this quarantine because that absolutely sucked. I'm glad that I'm with you because if I was with somebody else, that would even suck even more <laughs> you know what i mean and so you know things like that slow down being able to work from home working remotely and and stuff like that and uh being able to have a social life and not being able to uh necessarily be with some like you know uh, as far as facetime or, or zoom calls skype calls whatever you use and stuff so let's take the best let's make it a positive let's put a positive spin on it and uh let's you know let's do that as as americans and let's get through this together Alrighty. so up next we're going to be having our uh you know break that we usually do mid-show and we'll bring it back we'll talk about a little bit more going forward what to expect for college football this next uh season uh you know we are just uh, i believe eight days away i think we get austin p and uh central arkansas and i believe oklahoma is coming up pretty soon as far as college football 
uh, you know, in the ne- within the next week, week and a half. So we'll get into that, talk a little bit, uh, what to expect and stuff like that. So hang on tight after the break and let's keep this ball rolling. And welcome back. Uh, yeah, so really excited, you know, at this point in time, uh, because we, you know, here I get the ball rolling. We love to interview and do stuff like that because I didn't want to have a bunch of hypothetical uh, questions and stuff like that for coaches. Uh, we decided just to ease up a little bit uh, on those kinds of things, those kinds of questions and stuff like that. Uh, not pull the coaches, let them spend time with their family, let them figure it out, you know, be in those Zoom calls and, and meetings with the, the higher ups and stuff. So hopefully, I, you know, once when we get a little bit hey you know we are going to be having this winter football uh whether it's starting in november december december january or february we're going to be having that um then hopefully we can pull a couple coaches on explain how they've adapted to these changes i mean i I love the coaches that came on travis kneecamp uh, jay hill demario warren coach peterson uh paul peterson from dixie state very you know grateful for them uh but i'm excited to see you know what I guess, you know, what, how we digest this football season and what comes out the other end for the winter slash spring, um, you know, football season, if, you know, if we have it or, or, uh, you know, what it will look like and stuff like that. Anyway, so, so at this time, normally we would, uh, be breaking it down. Uh, I would probably be making BYU jokes. Uh, you know, I, not, not, not that I'm a BYU hater, but I just, uh, being in Utah, uh, make a few BYU jokes at this time. Uh, we'd be talking about, you know, where I think, uh, each individual team will be, uh, you know, fall, uh, what games to watch for and stuff like that. But we're not going to do that this year. Uh, until uh, really until probably after the, that first week and we'll do a uh, we might do a preview and then uh, you know a recap of, of what we thought and stuff like that but uh, I'm glad that we're able to have some college football uh, you know I'm grateful that uh, we don't have group think as far as that goes in our country some people uh, you know the west and the, the, the northeast they think one way and the the south and, and the southwest uh, as far as you know Texas goes if you want to consider them southwest they're going to be doing their own things right they're going to be doing something completely different and uh, you know they're going to have college football I'm really excited for this season. I think that the storylines were going to be really fun. I had written them down uh, at the end of last year as we you know, finished up the 2020 season. What would that? Uh, what would those storylines be? I think the biggest storylines now, uh, and that we honestly need to be having a conversation about. Number one is uh, the transfer portal. Are they going to allow uh, some of these players uh, the ability to transfer? Even, uh, you know, despite all of these, uh, you know, despite all the circumstances, are they going to quit? Because could you imagine if, you know, although Ohio State line, they know they're going to go play on Sunday. They've got, you know, multiple juniors, seniors, sophomores there, and they all end up transferring to Georgia. That could completely decimate a, a school like Ohio State or a school like Michigan and totally give the advantage to a team that you might not even be uh, expecting like an Ole Miss. It could usher in a new dynasty. I think we got to keep a very close eye on the transfer portal uh, entering. I mean, as far as, you know, football conversation goes, there's not a lot to talk about outside of, you know, who is this Alabama dude? Uh, you know, who are they going to start? And basically what the season is going to look like. Uh, how many COVID-19 tests are, you know, those players going to be under? What happens if, you know, Trevor Lawrence gets COVID-19 and Clemson loses? Are we going to hold that against uh, Clemson and the Tigers? But you'd say, you know what? He wasn't there. Those are going to be storylines that will develop uh, throughout. And I'm not saying I hope anybody gets COVID-19. That was just a, a hypothetical. 
But, uh, you know, I think that transfer portal is going to be very, very key. Uh, obviously, you know, staying healthy as well. If the universities are able to manage this pandemic, you know, another big uh, group of universities, for example, I go back on Monday uh, for the next couple of weeks here, we're going to have, you know, more and more universities opening up, bringing students back to campus, um, even though it was shut down, you know, in the middle of March, which was really different. Uh, we weren't prepared for that, but now I think we're a little bit more prepared uh, for this next semester. I think that will be a good big storyline. And then as far as recruiting goes, uh, I talked a little bit about this with uh, a few of my friends and uh, close uh, you know, family friends and uh, people like that. Uh, I talked to a couple high school coaches uh, in the area down here in St. George, and I asked them. I said, "Hey, you know what? What what do you see recruiting? I mean, you guys got you know a really star, a good star wide receiver, or a good quarterback, or uh, you know a good uh, running back, and you know they're legit. Uh, a few of them are, are D one talent." Do you see them leaving St. George? For example, we have uh, Panay Sewell, uh, the big guy that everyone's talking about at Oregon. He played here at Desert Hills High School in St. George. And do you see that, uh, you know, somebody like Panay going up to Oregon, or are they going to stay at a local university, such as Dixie State, Southern Utah, uh, Northern Arizona, UNLV, or if you want to go really crazy up to BYU or, or, or Utah, in kind of that uh, general vicinity? Or do they go down to Tucson, uh, you know, play for Arizona or play for uh, Arizona State. And he said, you know, that's a really good question. I think it will be really interesting to see what this next group of athletes do. Because most people will argue with you. Um, I mean, I, I've defended saying I like watching the Big Ten a little bit more than the SEC. I think the SEC is really predictable. I know the Big Ten is to a point, but, you know, last year they had an upstart like Minnesota and like Illinois that, you know, you I would have never guessed Northwestern takes a step back. I really like the Big Ten uh, in that matter outside of, you know, Ohio State and Wisconsin really dominating. Uh, Michigan's been up and down a little bit, but I like watching it. But for the most part, people are going to say SEC's best conference. That's what we like to watch. That's what we bet. That's what we do. And that's fine. But, you know, do you see a somebody like, you know, Panay or, or, or another guy down here in St. George, do you see him going to Oregon? Or do you see him going to Alabama? Uh, do you see him going to Clemson? We had a kid, you know, uh, in Cottonwood and in, in uh, at Cottonwood High School in Northern Utah, and he ended. Up, he went to Alabama. He was a year older than me, and he ended up. Do, are we going to see that co cross country travel during this pandemic? Uh, I think this recruiting class is going to be a big key indicator. And then the states uh, that are able to, you know, play to the emotion of that uh, individual and say, "Hey, look." You're going to be an hour away from mom. You can come home on the weekends. They're going to be able to be at the games. Uh, let's keep you in Dallas at SMU. We're going to make SMU great. Don't go up. Don't go to Clemson. You don't want to go to Clemson. Uh, you know, that's you know, thousands of miles away. We want you here in Dallas, and we're going to play. And when we see teams like SMUs, you know, like Group of Five conferences, like a Utah State, if they pull a lot of kids uh, to, to Logan, or like a Boise State, you know, get a lot of Idaho, Eastern Oregon, uh, Eastern Washington kids, are they going to be able to build this? Uh, or, you know, is recruiting going to be the same? I think it's going to change. And I think that's the second biggest storyline. We legitimately could have uh, a group of five or somebody that hasn't led in recruiting like a Utah be number one in recruiting and not even think twice about it. You know, California, Texas, uh, you know, Florida, those are the 
big, big recruiting destinations. Now, you're going to say, well, of course, because those are the biggest state. Well, the bigger the state, the more populous that it would get. So are those kids in California going to go to Berkeley, going to go to Stanford, going to go to USC, going to go to UCLA? Uh, are we going to see the rise of UCLA and Chip Kelly? Are they going to play to the favor of those people? Because uh, they're not going to be losing it. They, they can travel. Uh, obviously, I think everybody still technically is supposed to be doing Zoom meetings. But immediately, when that ban is lifted, they're going to get their scouts on the road, and they're going to be in the houses of those players and individuals that they want on their teams. Uh, it will be very, very interesting uh, that way to see how the recruiting kind of changes. I'm not saying kids from South Carolina can't ball. I'm just saying there's not going to be as many kids, five, you know, five-star recruits coming out of South Carolina as there would be like California or Texas. Uh, and where they decide to go is going to be a big big factor um, for honestly the next decade. I think the transfer portal could hinder a lot of people uh, if you have a mass exodus from one program to multiple programs that are playing and then the recruiting of kids coming in. Where are they going? When are they going? Are we going to have early high school? Uh, are we going to have the right amount of uh, you know where some people aren't even playing high school football in some states? Uh, are we going to have the same amount of uh, you know, tape and stuff like that on them. Uh, it, like I said, it's going to be very, very interesting uh, time. And those are the these are the storylines we're going to follow. And I don't want to be, and I don't know if you guys you'll like this or whatever, but it's really hard for me to sit down and just watch film, 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 and then just be like, you know, this high school player he needs to develop this and this and this. It's it's really hard for me to, to see somebody at a really young age to be able to be a really big talent. There's people far more skilled than I am. But when they get into college, I feel like I got a really good eye and say, look, that kid's a baller. That kid is not as much of a baller. Uh, and and, and we'll, we'll mention things like that, you know. Uh, like one of those big uh, recruits out of uh, Texas, he decided to go to TCU. He had offers from all the big boys, Ohio State, Clemson, uh, Alabama, those kinds of guys, Notre Dame, Michigan. But he decides to stay at TCU. Uh, now, I'm not saying TCU is no cupcake. They are a great team. Uh, Gary Patterson is a great coach, been there a very long time, has built a wonderful program. But he was able to keep that kid in Texas, and uh, we could see the rise of like a TCU to challenge Oklahoma. Uh, really interesting uh, side notes. And then, like I said, scheduling. I think those are the three biggest storylines. Uh, uh, Cross-country travel and stuff like that. Uh, I don't like uh, neutral side games. I've never liked them. I think they're ridiculous. I don't know why we need to go give Jerry Jones uh, more money for the Chick-fil-A uh, kickoff or whatever it might be. Uh, we don't need to do that. Uh, we don't need those those guys, not, not, not even so much the money, but you got to have some kind of element of, of students and student body at the games. Uh, and, I mean, this year, I don't know how many people are going to be allowed to go at the games, if it's going to be, you know, different uh, you, you look at online and you see you know fans like uh, at Camp Randall doing the jump that's not going to be a thing this year how big of an impact will that have uh, you know if if you don't have that that crowd in Tuscaloosa roaring down on you maybe Florida or, or Georgia outplays Alabama then because the f the field is level. Uh, anyway, I think that uh, also I would love to see a bubble-like scenario for the playoff. I, and, and I'm not one to talk about expanding the playoff. But this year, if we get a couple teams uh, like that have stars that go down, like a Trevor Lawrence or, or any of these other you know big-time uh, schools that they go down and we know they're good, uh, I don't want to have a a 
you know, Winnemucca against Panera Bread Championship. We got to see the big boys, and we got to be able to say definitively they are the best team in the nation. And uh, maybe we expand a little bit to allow a, a team like Clemson to get in, where you know maybe a team like Vanderbilt just gets really hot during the season, plays everybody at the right time. A bunch of people tested positive for COVID, and they end up getting you know wins and stuff like that. So let's go forward. Let's not be crippled with tor- tradition. Let's take that tradition, the best parts about it, and let's move forward and make this a 21st century sport. Um, I think those are the biggest takeaways that I want to see, and these are the biggest you know things that we want to talk about during a pandemic. Hopefully this this upcoming year, 2021-2022, will be a little bit better of a season. Hopefully we have a vaccine uh, in a year, hopefully you know less than that, six months. That It's a widespread vaccine uh, for each individual where we're able to get back to somewhat of a normality. This, like I said, this is a 10x factor. We got to be able to adapt. We got to be able to change. And... Uh, and each each factor has its unique circumstances, and, and I feel like we've we've talked about them. If you can think of anything else, don't, uh, don't be afraid to reach out to us. Uh, you know, on Twitter at Get Rolling Nineteen, uh, let me know what you think. Let me know what kind of. Uh, you know, if there could be any other possibilities, this is the most that I've been able to think about, uh, you know, sitting in my apartment getting ready for the season. Uh, and I'm excited. I can't wait to watch the season. I'm, I'm, I hope that everything goes well. And the Big Ten and the you know the Pac-12 they they fire up maybe October November and and we can get somewhat of a championship in. Uh, obviously, 2020 and and the first part of 2021 is going to be a a little bit of a, you know kind of different than what we're used to. Uh, we're going to remember this with fondness. We're going to tell our kids, our grandkids, our great grandkids about this. And uh, it's going to be a very interesting time as we go forward. So make sure uh, always, you know, keep an ear down, uh, follow us. So you're able to let us know. Uh, we'll let you know when we produce new episodes and stuff like that. And then also uh, don't be afraid to reach out. We love you guys. We love your input. And uh, you know, we've been able to discuss a few things uh, with people on air. Uh, don't be afraid to reach out that way also our final thing on the show today uh my friend and i for those of you who know jeff tuckett uh he runs slinging the pill uh and i run get the ball rolling well we are now we have been uh, hired by a media company and we're going to be running our own uh new sports podcast covering all things boise state it will be called the orange and blue podcast uh if you love boise state athletics uh definitely tune in to this podcast we're going to be talking about i mean boise state has accolades and accolades, uh, you know, at their football program and really an impressive uh, team, what they've been able to do in the WAC transition to the Mountain West and hopefully get into a Power Five. Uh, We'll be discussing all that. Jeff's a funny guy. Uh, Like I said, he's been on the show a few times before. Hopefully, you know, you you guys subscribe, listen to that one. We'll be doing, uh, you know, two or three episodes a month, uh, kind of the same thing, like get the ball rolling, but instead of... uh, covering the the depth of college football, we're going to be covering Boise State. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fun interviews set up on the horizon. Uh, hopefully, we can pull a few uh, you know big names out of Boise and 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 talk to them about their time at Boise State, what they loved, what they didn't love, and and all of that fun jazz. Anyway, so be sure to be watching that uh, coming out. I'll be retweeting it. So. Um, 
I believe we have our Twitter page uh, set up at Orange and Blue ninety two, but you could just follow uh, me, and then I usually will you know retweet or like uh, one of their you know the posts that for the other podcast. But we'll be getting that fired up pretty soon. All right, I hope all of you guys have a fun and healthy weekend. Uh, for those of you who school starts, uh, you know this week or this following week, you know good luck, uh, enjoy it. For those of you who are in the daily grind, uh, embrace the grind, uh, enjoy the journey, right? And uh, I hope everyone stays safe and. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, let's keep this ball rolling. Uh, Stay happy, stay safe. Uh, Have a wonderful week. Bye.